What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Chord Chronicles. Week 5. Oh my gosh. I guess we're, what, rounding out January. It's coming to a close, and February's ready to be here almost. Then it's going to be Bill Murray and Groundhog Day over and over again. <laughs> week I don't five, know. week four, I can't keep track. It's been a... Oh yeah, yeah, this is week five. It has been a terrible week other than music. I'll just say that right now. My work has been crazy, and we'll just leave it at that because I don't even want to get into that. We're not here for that. We're here for music. How have you been, Amy? It's been a heck of a week. I'm not even going to go into it because I don't want to think about it. <laughs> yep, we're trying to stay positive. But you know what? I'm going to throw on my tinfoil hat real fast because... <laughs> I'm typically not one of those guys, but earlier this month, I just lined out how I think I thought the best script the NFL could follow for the best TV ratings. And wouldn't you know who won the pony? Man, look, old Patrick Mahomes on one leg with the help of the best officiating crew in the NFL seemed to beat Joe Burrow for the first time. Wow, what a story. And now they get to go against the unstoppable Philadelphia Eagles. So Joe, uh, Joe Burrow got, you know, hosed, basically, along with the rest of the Bengals. And uh, let's just go ahead and say Patrick Mahomes, the new Tom Brady. I'm sick of it already. But uh, that's, all, that's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> did you watch the game? I didn't. Um, Games? But at least Patrick Mahomes is a little more likable than Tom Brady. Sorry, but it's true. No, 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 he's not. No, I can't stand his Kermit voice. I uh, can't stand everyone constantly just gushing how great he is. We get it. I mean, I, he's he is good. I get it. He probably is the best quarterback right now. But it's just, oh, my gosh, there are other good quarterbacks. Just get off of his you-know-what. But anyway, we're not here to talk about NFL, but it was pretty funny how on Patrick, Patrick Mahomes on one leg – Managed to pull ahead of Joe Burrow, who's beat him every time. But um, you know, that's that's all <laughs> that's all well and good. But I guess we're gonna have Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs snooze, okay, for me. But uh, I did want to uh, bring up one other thing I saw in the news, and I didn't know if you'd seen it. Have you seen anything about Google's AI music um, generator? Just a now? little bit, you know. The art stuff is more in my news that I've been seeing, but a little bit about the music. Well, Google now with their AI music, you can they can just use a text description and it will make any music, including vocals, you know, 70s, 80s, 60s, whatever, whatever genre, whatever language they can, they can invent languages. It'll invent languages. It's, uh, Maybe the beginning of the end for music if it gets out. I'm really worried about it because music's, I mean, it's becoming totally electronic as it is as an art form. So hopefully that won't get out. They've, they said they're not going to release it. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Google laying so many people off, someone may get mad. But uh, I hate to be a Debbie Downer about that. But I'm going to go ahead and mention we did have some deaths this last week. As everyone probably is picking up Kingston, drinking water like a uh, camel. <laughs> but um, 
I'm going to run through them real fast. I'm not going to dwell on it because we have a lot of music to talk about. But we did lose Carol Sloan she, at 85. She was an American jazz singer. Uh, she passed away January 23rd this year. We lost Billy Packer. I know he's not involved with music, but he is a sports broadcaster. We, I mean, yeah, I know you're not really big on sports, but Billy Packer is an NCAA basketball announcer, and I mean, he's he was involved in so much. I've heard him so much of his broadcasting. I, I think he was a really great broadcaster. I do recognize I his name. So I don't know about personally. Yeah, I don't I don't know about personally, but I mean, I've never heard anyone have a crossword about Billy Packer. So, but yeah, um, we lost him on the 26th, and we also lost Dean Daughtry at 76, also on the 26th. He was the keyboard player for the Atlanta Rhythm Section, which is coincidental because next week I have Atlanta Rhythm Section's album, one of them. So, but I'll talk about that later. We also, on the 27th, lost Floyd Sneed at 80. He was the drummer for Three Dog Night, which I'm surprised that that one I didn't hear about when it happened. I just found it when I was researching. And then yesterday we both, you know, we, you, you brought it up to my attention that uh, Barrett Strong had passed away. And he was a singer-songwriter responsible for a couple big hits, Heard It Through the Grapevine and Papa Was a Rolling Stone. So, uh, I mean, big loss there. But he was 81. So I was sad to to see that happen. But, you know, I guess when it's ever, everyone, everyone has to eventually pass the parade with the rainbow bridge. So, but you know what? We're not here to talk about any of that. And I'm trying to uh, not be a Debbie Downer. But do you have anything else to add before we go into these well, at least one great album. No, so, I think I'm ready for something yeah. positive. So I'd say let's just get started talking about the music. And the recording audio probably going to be terrible on my end because uh, it is <laughs> like zero degrees here. So I tried to turn down the heat, but, you know, got to have a little bit of it's heat. It's been so. a rough week, guys. <laughs> <But> anyway. <laughs> so yeah. we're doing things a little <laughs> yeah. different this week. Yeah, as we, as we started... Yeah, as we started, it kicked on. So, yeah, bear with us. But you know what? I'm just going to hop right in. Every album we have this week, we don't have a definitive day for, a release day. Everything we have is January of 73. So I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Uh, this is our end of January episode. So, <laughs> But um, the first album that we're going to talk about Man, you know how we talked about you having an Elton John bias? I may have a Bob Seger bias. I'm just going to throw it out right now. Because I really want this vinyl. I really want it. But this is back in 72. This vinyl never <laughs> was never re-released as a vinyl or a CD. At least not in the United States. I have found a couple copies like an Argentinian copy from master tapes but it's not available anymore and then you can buy the records you can find the original vinyls for sale but i found one for about 150 dollars so i don't even know if i'd want to play it a lot if i had it i was lucky enough to find this where someone had ripped it but i believe it was from the cd 
and it's on YouTube. And that was the only way that I was able to listen to this album. So I was really disappointed. I went to the uh, the record store before I found out it was never re-released. And, you know, because I was looking for vinyls, they had a big sale. And I thought I could maybe pick this up, and it's just not available. But I did pick up Night Moves, but that's a little ways off. <laughs> Good, though. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to listen to that now. Yes, yes. But this is actually... I was surprised when I started researching back in 72. This is the sixth studio al- album from Bob Seger. You know, I, th- I thought this was probably about the third. I mean, I know we did miss, <laughs> we did miss a little bit, but I don't, I don't think we've missed that much. I just, maybe he's been making music for a little longer than I thought. I just know I just, am, like, I really like Bob Seger's stage presence. His voice is amazing. So much soul. He always has amazing background singers. And right now, I don't know if this is the uh, Silver Bullet Band. You know, in name, it's not in name. I know that to be, you know, for sure, because Night Moves is the first time that the Silver Bullet Band is named, but that's in the future. Um, I'm not going to name the, the personnel. There's a big personnel list on this. I've heard Bob Seeger was not pleased with this album. I don't know why. That's why it's never been re released. I, I can't figure out why he wouldn't be. I mean, it's great, but I'm just going to throw, um, um, I mean, this album has been, like, a lot of these songs have been covered by different bands, but the first song, Midnight Rider, is an Allman Brothers song, and I, I really like the Allman Brothers, but uh, Seeger Bias, I guess. I like Bob Seeger's version of Midnight Rider. It kicks off this album. Like I said, that background singer, I, I, I don't know. I don't have the, my notes for who that was, the lady. But, wow, there's so much soul. It's almost like going to church in a way. Like, <laughs> it's just, I, it's, I just really liked it. I thought it was a great way to kick off the album. And then, you know, he, did, he does, you know, Bob Seger does have some ballads. But I don't mind his ballads a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the time. Um, so I wrote you a song. It's all right. It's not my favorite on the album. It's all right. I think it bring it brings the album down a bit, but not so much that I just you know can't listen to it. It's pretty good. I mean the song Steeler. Oh man, it, I think it's awesome. I think the the guitar in that is really good. There's a uh, like a whole a whole guitar part. It's just it's great. But Rosalie, I know that was covered by. Um, a couple bands. It was Thin Lizzy later on. I think Thin Lizzy made it popular, which I remember hearing that. I don't even. I didn't even know. I don't remember hearing Bob Seger's version of it until I heard it on this album. But I mean, Bob did it better. Just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> um, Crowded House also, I think, did a song similar. So I wrote you a song. I think I, I missed that, but I, I just saw that in my notes again. But um, turn the page is on this on this album. Oh my goodness! From what I can tell, this this is a what I read. This is a live recording, so I don't know what they meant by that. I don't think it's in front of an audience. Maybe they just took they just did a take. You know, they just recorded it. They set up and they recorded this song. And maybe that's why Seeger wasn't as he didn't like it as much. It's 
it's a little different than the version that I'm used to hearing. Because turn the page he re-released he re well, a little later. It may be on Live Bullet, which is coming up. And I don't know if we're going to... We probably will. We don't usually review live albums, but Live Bullet's a pretty big album. But, you know, we'll talk about that more when we get to it. But I'm going to keep going. Back in 72, I mean, title track. I was surprised it wasn't the first song on side one, which was, you know, that's usually, you know, I figured that's usually where they kick it off. But, I mean, once again, amazing energy in it the guitar work is just great it's just a fun song all all these songs on this album i mean the ballads are you know like i said other than maybe saw wrote you a song um like the ballads are smooth and the songs that are like rock and roll they're just fun rock and roll with 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 a little soul added in at times but neon sky i think that's a another single off this album I think there were three. I think Turn the Page, maybe, Rosalie, and Neon Sky, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Those three songs, I don't know for sure, but from what I can tell. Um, then he covers what Van Morrison's I've Been Working. And, you know, we're, I'm not a big fan of Van Morrison. I don't, I don't love his music. I don't really don't care for him as a person, honestly. Don't care for any of his opinions, but, you know, we're not talking about that. But, I mean, I've been working. Seeger did it better. <laughs> it's a good Van Morrison song. But, you know, Seeger bias. I'm just going to go ahead and keep saying that. And then finally, he closed out the album with I've Got Time. I mean, like I said, So I Wrote You a Song. Maybe it brought the album down a little bit for me. But it didn't bring it down enough to where it, it where I couldn't listen to this whole album all the way through over and over again i just listened to it right before we started recording so this was a fun one for me and I, like i said i really want this on vinyl so if anyone out there has a copy you want to get rid of you know at chord chronicles <laughs> let me know but you know i've already gushed over it enough i'm going to turn it over to you see what you thought about it then i'll give my stars you know what do you think about it well as you know you know i like bob seeger I always have. He's one that our parents always loved, so we grew up listening to Seeger. You know, Fraggle Rock, am I right? <laughs> Inside joke from our childhood, guys, and oh, yeah. my goofball brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was also a little surprised that this wasn't on Spotify, but like you said, it was at least on YouTube as a full album. I'm sure we probably ended up listening to the same version. It actually has never been released on CD either, according to what I saw. So, I guess it is one of those albums where you really had to be there, or find a ripped copy from someone else who was. And, yeah, it probably is worth a listen if you can find one of those copies. Because I agree, this was a pretty good album. The cover of Midnight Rider, it was good. For me, I don't think it's quite as good as the original, but it is very good. You know, it's more Detroit rock than Southern rock, you know, to be expected. It just, it sounds like what you would expect. It's Bob Seger's raspy, gravelly voice singing an excellent Allman Brothers tune. It's a good combination. I really like that one. 
I also noticed, I'm not going to list all the personnel either because some of them are the Silver Bullet Band, some of them are the Funk Brothers, but J.J. Kale played lead guitar on Midnight Rider, so that added a little something too. Uh, I, I did forget, he did record, I think, part of this with the Muscle Shoals Band, and there was a misunderstanding about money, about, um, I, don't, I don't remember the exact, but it was going to be more expensive than he, than he actually budgeted for. So he could only record three of the songs with Muscle Shoals. I believe it was three. So he had to move back, and I think, and then that's when he recorded the rest with the Silver Bullet Band. But I don't know which of the tracks are, you know, recorded with who. But I did see that, and I just remembered that when you brought that up about J.J. Kale. Because we've reviewed him as well. (laughs) That's all right. Sorry. Yeah, and... um... If you check the personnel list on Wikipedia, a lot of times, and on this one, it'll list which tracks has, you know, who on it. So we don't have that pulled up right now, but if you're that interested, you can go check on it there. So yeah, Midnight Rider, definitely worth a listen. I agree. So I Wrote You a Song was a little rougher. It's not my favorite. But I don't really think that the slow love ballads are really Bob Seger's shtick. That's not really what I'm listening to him for. Same for I've Got Time. It had a little of the same problem to me. Incidentally, something about that song reminded me of Journey, especially the song Lights. But it just wasn't that strong on this album. I just don't think his voice is right for those two. Maybe that's why he doesn't do more of that kind of stuff. It's not his strong suit. You know, the slow glove ballads. They're not terrible. Not my favorite off the album, though. Steeler was really good, though. That was much more rocking. I didn't know the song. It was written by Free. They recorded it in 1970 on an album that I reviewed, actually. (laughs) Slight spoiler alert, I like Free pretty well. Um, That 1970 album was a hit for me. It was one of my off-the-record albums, and I gave it a hit rating. I don't remember that song. But Bob Seger did a great job on it, so I guess I'm going to have to go back and listen to the free version again sometime, if I can get a chance with all the other stuff that we have on our list. And then there's the one I was most looking forward to, Turn the Page. Great song. I love it. I love Bob Seger's version. I love Metallica's cover of it. Like most people, I really only knew the live version that was released later. I didn't even know that there was this in-studio version until I checked the track list for this album to make sure that I was listening to the right version of the thing. Excellent. Excellent. It is close to the live version that everybody knows. You know, I was still able to sing along. You've got all the necessary elements, the voice, the saxophone. This one I thought was a little cleaner, which makes sense. The other one that we all know and love, it was recorded live in front of an audience. A little less controlled. But I could hear the percussion and the piano a lot better in this one, so that was really nice. I don't think it's going to supplant the live version in my mind, just because it's what I'm used to. It'll still be my go-to, but this one was still great. I really enjoyed it. I've already recommended it to a few people that I know like Bob Seger. And I thought the title track was exceptionally catchy as well. 
you know, it, it's just a good album. You know, it maybe it's not like a grand slam home run. It's not the greatest album I've ever heard, but it is really, really nice, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I'll go ahead and give my stars, and then let you do yours. I gave it four. It is a strong four, though, and it's a highly recommended album. So, yeah, I really liked it, and I suspect you're going to give it a really high rating as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm using my Seeger bias. <laughs> uh, normally, I would give it production bump for the half star. I mean, the production's not the best. It's not at times, but I don't care. I mean, like I said, this was only released on vinyl. So the recording we have was, I don't know if it's made from the master tapes or whatever, like the YouTube stuff that we saw. I don't know, but I think that person, because I didn't, I'm, did not want to miss this album. When I saw it on there, I was interested, and then I couldn't find it on Spotify. Yeah, this is excellent. I gave it four and a half, so four and a quarter between us. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Check it out on YouTube. That's the only way you're going to get it, and if you have the vinyl, don't just give it away. It's worth money. It's valuable. So, and it's, especially if it's in good condition. So, let me know if you <laughs> Don't just get give it away it. unless but, you're uh, giving it to him. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, joking. I'll buy it. You know, I'm not going to just take it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's worth purchasing from someone if someone is willing to sell it. That's all I'm, you know, I, I, I'm looking for a copy of this one. But, uh, you know what I'm not looking for a copy of? Oh my gosh, my album this week. Oh, I'm not going to even talk very long about this. <laughs> oh God. I've, tr I've struggled with what to even say about this album. I had Judy Collins, True Stories, and Other Dreams. I mean, have we had, I think we've had maybe one Judy Collins album. I didn't go back and look. Honestly, I mean, I didn't care. I, I guess that's terrible, and I don't mean to be disrespectful. I do appreciate the fact that she's a singer-songwriter. She did write five of the songs on this album. What I don't appreciate is trying to listen to a whole album. Or something. I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to do it. I'm not going to make fun of the voice. She, she has a sing-songy, wispy... I felt like I was at church camp kumbaya sitting around the campfire at times but then it's like this album's disjointed as well because she also has a song about Che Guevara she covers the hostage and I can't remember who originally did that but she covered and and she says uh GD in it which was amazing <laughs> you know amazing that it just was right in the middle I'm like what she started with taste of honey Okay, she starts to taste the honey on this album, and it's all sing-songy, kumbaya, and then it evolves into some weird, like, like, violent, she's, violent imagery, she's talking about war and, and Che Guevara later on, so, um, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it, I, I'm, I didn't enjoy it, I tried my best, sometimes it's just a struggle, and if I had to pick between jazz and Judy Collins, I'll pick jazz, I think. Because Chick Corea, you know, and like last week, was much better than this. <laughs> uh, if you go online, like people, I mean, if you're a Judy Collins fan, people say this is the one 
they won the album to start with and it's highly rated for me three and a half stars and that's all the time i'm going to give it and i'm sorry but it's just not it was not a good album for me this week but <laughs> you know i hope your solo album which i did not get a chance to listen to yet typically i try to but like i said we both said at the top of the program it's been a bad week but the next album we're going to talk about i'm going to let you talk first because i just went through judy collins bashing her but i will go ahead and say this uh artist did we have an album i did before um yeah you did okay it looked familiar to me when i saw it this is al cooper naked songs <laughs> like the title was pretty funny uh, on al cooper from blood sweat and tears that's how that's the only reason i recognized it because we've also had three blood sweat and tears albums i believe so at least two and they were okay but i i, I they got uh, they're almost the same thing every time which a lot of times that works for a band for me, it didn't work as much. But, like I said, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one, and then I'll hop in when you're through. And But, you know, not that it's a bad album. It's just I talked about Judy Collins. <laughs> well, now so. you've got me intrigued. Yeah, I reviewed an Al Cooper album in 1970, and I think I was pretty impressed by that one. You know, and, like you said, he is from Blood, Sweat, and Tears, who I like pretty well. I didn't care for the first track on this one be real. It was a little sour to me, uh, but I think that was probably the worst on the album. I loved the bluesiness of As the Years Go Passing By. That song, that song was actually pretty incredible. It was another one of the headphone songs that I can just let seep into my soul. I really liked that one. I thought that the fiddle, I think it was fiddle, and Blind Baby was good. I meant to check the personnel list and I forgot. Whoops, I'm sorry. It was a totally different song, by the way. Um, which actually brings up a good point. The album was kind of all over the place. Like, every song was a different genre. Um, so, I can't decide how I feel about that. It lacked consistency, but at the same time, it's kind of like a sampler of Al Cooper. <laughs> I keep wanting to call him Alice Cooper. Yeah, way. it's yeah, it's it's like it's like um, <laughs> look what I can do, <laughs> like Stuart. You know, it's it's like it's it's like his bag of tricks. It's the way the way I approach this album. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really mind it. It's a little weird. Normally, I would knock it for the lack of consistency, but. I felt like it was kind of intentional, like it was just him trying to show his range, so I didn't mind it. Um, and it was almost entirely written by Al Cooper, except for a few of the songs. Uh, I know that Sam Stone, that's not his song, that's a John Prine song. I'm not a huge John Prine fan. <laughs> Don't tell everybody else around where I live, I might be run out of town, but... Baby, won't you take oh, me back up. to Muhlenberg <laughs> County? I'm not a big fan of John Prine. Luke loves the song Sam Stone, though. He likes John Prine, all right, and he really likes that song. I do think that 
I, well, I liked, I liked the Al Cooper's yeah, Sam Stone. That's what I was gonna say. I think his I version, like his version. is better than the original. Yeah. I don't care for John Prine's voice, so it that's is. part of it. You know, he's more of a Bob Dylan type. He's a better songwriter than he is a singer. And at least it wasn't Paradise, because that song makes me cringe. It hits way too close to home, literally, and I've heard it way too many times. <laughs> if it was a cover of John Prine's song Paradise, then we might have had a problem. But it wasn't. I don't really have a whole lot else to say about the album, but I thought most of the songs were pretty good. They were different from each other. But they were good. I thought it was a pretty successful effort showing his range. Um, and like I said, I really, really liked As the Years Go Passing By. That one I definitely recommend. So I'm going to let you talk about it for a minute, and then I'll give my stars. Yeah, that was part of the problem for me with this album. I guess I say problem. I didn't... It, it wasn't a huge problem, but it is disjointed. There were two singles, like you mentioned, Sam Stone and Jolie. So, I mean, they were both good tracks. The um, I think about half of these are covers, though. Like you mentioned, the John Prine. I think As the Years Go Passing By is a cover. Um, Been and Gone by is from Annette Peacock, but I'm not familiar with that one. But um, I know Touch the Hem of His Garment. I mean, it's credited to Sam Cooke, but I mean, I've always heard. I mean, it's a, it's a spiritual hymn. I mean, I've heard that as, you know, like in church. <laughs> so that was what was interesting. I mean, he, there are songs on here where, you know, like the, the opening track where it's but mostly just, it starts with like Al Cooper sitting at the piano playing. It is a little sour. I, I do agree. His voice isn't great on it, but it is good in some of the other songs. It's just, I don't know if, if it's intentional. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's an artistic choice, but um, I did enjoy it. the The personnel for this album, once again, is extensive. If you want to, if you want to check it out, you can get that on Wikipedia. I'm not going to list it all. I mean, I use, I know I usually do, and it maybe maybe I am doing a disservice, but it, it doesn't specify which tracks are credited to which artists. So I don't want to, you know just sporadically name names but and here comes the trash truck <laughs> so that's going and uh kingston will probably freak out in a minute for it's everyone right. as well the interesting thing about well the interesting thing about this album is he john uh or i mean al cooper oh, i said john um, al cooper he didn't release another album until 1977 because he spent three years working and producing Leonard Skinner. So, okay. I'm wondering if he's responsible for the Leonard Skinner album that we have coming up later this year. So I'd be interested to, uh, to find out about that. Because Al Cooper did produce this album. And the production isn't bad at all. Like, the production's great. Al Cooper plays quite a few instruments as well. I mean, piano, organ, guitars, the synthesizer, harpsichord electric bass i mean he's a, he's a very talented individual i didn't realize he was you know as talented as he was this album it wasn't it's it sounds weird because it's like i gave it a really good star rating 
but it wasn't as memorable maybe as I, as I thought. It's just a good album to put on. Like I could put it on and listen to it. It's not stand out like, like for me, like Bob Seger was, but it's still good. Maybe it was it maybe because I listened to it right after Judy Collins. Maybe that's why I have some extra stars on it. But I did give it the half star production bump. For me, it was four stars. So it's a good album, but it's very it's weird that I gave it four because it isn't cohesive. I will throw that out there. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe Al Cooper wasn't cohesive. We don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a good album. We you are give it? in agreement. I liked it pretty well, you know, um, there was a song or two, like I've already mentioned, that I really enjoyed, so I gave it four stars as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird, it's, I don't know, it's weird, it's just interesting because it's one of those albums, it's just, I don't know, all you can say about it, you can't really go on and yeah. on, it's just good. He's just really good talented. I'm, I'm interested. And I'm and I'm interested, which I'm surprised. Maybe he was a big force behind Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I don't know, but as I had to get onto my dog back here. But <laughs> um, now the next album we're getting ready to talk about. You mentioned before, Steeler. Yeah, Steeler. Wasn't it Steeler? I didn't know. I didn't know it was their song as well. I mean, the band Free is just so good that I don't really I mean there are a few tracks that I've known I knew by them <laughs> like mainly like the title track to the album we're getting ready to talk about I'd heard it before uh this is Heartbreaker the band I mean amazing band uh, I will name the personnel real fast on this because they're <laughs> I, I really like the band Free um, Paul Rogers, lead vocals on all your tracks. He plays lead guitar on a couple, rhythm guitar, piano. Paul Kossoff on lead guitar. Simon Kirk, drums, per- different percussion and rhythm guitar. John Rabbit, Rabbit Bundrick on organ, piano on some, backing vocals on all the tracks. Uh, Tetsu <laughs> Yamochi, which that was interesting to me. Um, you know, on bass, all tracks and percussion. You have WG Snuffy Walden on rhythm guitar. Rebop Kwaku Ba on percussion. He's African, I believe. I don't want to be, be, do a disservice to anyone. But um, the Tetsu Yamachi name looks familiar to me. Like, I'm wondering if I've seen him on another band before. Like, I think he played with Faces. But... I don't know that. Someone can add me at Chord Chronicles. I think he played with Faces and replaced one of their band members later on. So we may see that yeah, later on come you up. You might be right. I but, seem to remember seeing that somebody that we reviewed this week, at least, was on the last Faces album. Well, a lot of these bands are are inter- interconnected. We found that out. I mean, with what deep purple is uh, for example <laughs> they have so many so many members of that band were interchanged with other bands it's just i don't know it's, it gets confusing sometimes like i mean they all played together so it must have been a fun atmosphere or not who knows maybe that's why they played together they couldn't get along for very long which is why this is the sixth and final studio album from free because from what i can tell Paul Rogers may have uh, 
been a little difficult to get along with at times. That's just what I can tell. I'm not throwing stones at anyone. I think he's a genius. I was already um, familiar with the, the single from this. I said Heartbreaker, but I was also familiar with Wishing Well. I'd heard that before. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to go into details a whole lot about these songs. I think they're all pretty good. This is going to be the generic. I think it's a good album episode, but it just is. This week, this week for me, in spite of it being so hectic and things being crappy, the music itself was not like I mean, other than like my issues with the Judy Collins album, like this this album along with what we've already talked about, were all just albums I could put on. Like I, I wished I had a you know a, there was I was able to put like the Seeger album on a playlist with this because these go well together. I mean, this is what blues rock. It, it's just good hard rock. A little bit of British R and B thrown in. Um, you know. I don't really have much more to say about it other than giving my stars, but I'm going to turn it over to you real fast and see what you thought about it. I just, I'm a big fan of Paul Rogers, and I really wish maybe he could have gotten along better with his band members, because uh, once again, this is a good album. Everyone needs to check it out if you haven't heard it. So, you know, what did you think about it? I mean, it's classic rock of the 70s. It's just what you'd expect from that. Kind of sounded like Bad Company. <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> Not complaining. I love Bad Company. Excellent band. Can't wait to get to their albums. But for now, Paul Rogers is still with Free. And Free is good too. You know, like I said earlier in the show, I like them pretty well. Um, so, you know, if you like classic rock, which obviously we do, this is pretty good. You're probably going to be fine listening to this album. I thought that Wishing Well and Traveling in Style had the best sound. Um, come Together in the Morning, that one was a little bit weaker. Not bad, just not as good as the others. Heartbreaker had a good groove. Of course, the guitar. Yeah, that was great. But that's kind of par for the course in 70s rock like this, if you ask me. That's part of the reason I like this music so much. I'm a big fan of great guitar work, and that's what we've got here. Well, I thought Come Together in the Morning, I thought that was Beatles-esque in a way. It, it reminded me of like a Beatles track. It's called I don't know Come why. Together. It just, well, I mean, it, parts of it. Maybe that, but but it just the way, the, the like the approach to it, except for, I mean, there is guitar in it. It's a little different than what you would hear on a... a uh, a track like that, but parts of it just that may, may be where the British R and B comes in. That may be where that why that's termed that. It may be that sound, just the chorus <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it just it really hit me as like man, they could probably you could probably hear this chorus as a Beatles type thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was okay. It it it, it wasn't my favorite as well, but it was good. Yeah, still just, good. You know, not as good as the rest of the album. Maybe just not as much my style as the rest of the album. You know, I'm definitely not saying it's bad. I did also want to mention a couple of, you know, sort of tangential things. Um, I noticed that Rabbit Bundrick, the keyboardist, he was the principal musician for Rocky Horror, the movie. <laughs> so that's interesting. That's a great movie. If you haven't seen that movie, you definitely need to go watch it and listen to the music. It's Rabbit Bundrick. 
And I'll all. Antissa. Pay. Shun. I also wanted to quickly point out just how young these guys were. It's not something I always notice, but I did notice it with this one. Oh my gosh, they are so young. And I mentioned it, or I noticed it, because Paul Kossoff, you know, he was having some issues, and that was part of why this was their last album as well. He was 22 on this album. He died like three years later at the age of 25, but 22 years old. Paul Rogers was 23. They were all young like that. And like you said, this is their sixth album. They've been doing this long enough to put out six albums, and they were this young. I was impressed. Maybe a little bit intimidated, even. (laughs) I feel old. But, no. That's really impressive. But like I said, that's a tangent. Back to the album. It was pretty good. I don't think it's quite as strong as their previous stuff for me. It's definitely not as strong as Bob Seger. There weren't any real, true, standout songs for me. I know Wishing Well was a hit. I don't know that I'm going to add it to my playlist. You know, I enjoyed listening to it, though. You know, there's just so much out there. I have to be pretty discerning with what goes on that playlist. But it was all good. I'm going to go ahead and give my star rating. Um, because it wasn't their best, and I have rated them four stars in the past, and nothing is going to make it on my playlist. I gave it a 3.5, but it was enjoyable, and I do recommend it. What'd you give it? I gave it a little bit more than you. I gave it a four, but like I said, I thought it was its different. It's, it's funny to say it, but it was equal like the Al Cooper thing. I don't like the tracks aren't necessarily memorable on it, but it's just a good album as a whole. It's one of those albums you can just put on and, and just listen to. It, it flows pretty well. It's not disjointed like the Al Cooper one. It It's pretty much what you see is what you get. <laughs> it does sound like Bad Company quite a bit. Yeah, it is amazing that they were so young because, oh, I mean, like I said, I think they're all pretty like pretty much musical geniuses, especially Paul Rogers. Just, I mean, I was I was very impressed with it. But, yeah, four stars from me. So, three and three quarters. Still a good album. I highly recommend everyone check it out. That one is on Spotify. Yeah, and that feels like so, a fair score to me. Yeah, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. But you know what? I think it's time for your solo album this week. So, I'm going to step aside and see what you thought, you know, what you thought about your album this week. I didn't get to listen to it yet. Just maybe one <laughs> track. So, and I was actually impressed with the voice. I will throw that out there. But... I don't know this artist, so I'm going to turn it over right. to you. Yeah. Um, my solo album this week was somebody that I had never heard of, Ellen McElwain. So had no idea what I was in for, what to expect. The album is We the People. Like I said, no idea what to expect, but somehow I was still surprised when it started. Um. I'm not sure how to explain the first track. Ain't no way, two ways about it, it's love. That's the song title. The music was good. Let me just say that. The music was really, really good. The singing was unique. I'm not saying it's bad, per se. There were some moments. But it was kind of, 
Well, it reminded me a little bit of someone speaking in tongues. Um, with a little bit of almost operatic ooze in between. It was it was almost like a yodely type of thing, but not exactly. It's just really hard to describe. And I don't mean that in an offensive way whatsoever. You know, like I said, I'm not saying it was bad. Luke hated it. He compared it to Yoko Ono. I admit I was worried at first that it was going to veer into that territory, but I don't think it was that bad. It was just very different and surprising, and I was really thrown for a loop by it. Um, not what I expected. It, she could get a little screechy at times, which negatively affects me. You know, misophonia and all, it bothers me. I can't help it. But it wasn't that bad. It was just, there were moments, like I said. And there were moments where it was just like, okay, what's, what's happening here? <laughs> She's really getting into this. The rest of the album had a little of that stuff mixed in throughout, but overall, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'd call this folk. I think that's what she normally gets lumped in with, but there were definitely a lot of elements of other genres. You know, there was some bluesy guitar stuff, some jazzy saxophone, even conga, and some other world music type of stuff. So I'm calling this jazzy blues folk of the world. <laughs> There's really no genre for this one. It's very different. I read that she, uh, Ellen McElwain grew up mostly in Japan as the adopted daughter of missionaries, so she was exposed to a lot of different cultures, and that comes through in the music, so that's why it's, you know, so different. It is a conglomeration of a lot of different things. It's really hard to explain this album. <laughs> I was kind of impressed, especially after I looked the album and her up. She wrote almost everything on the album, and she's actually a slide guitarist. That's partly what she is most known for. Kind of unusual for a woman, even today, uh, especially then. But all the guitar on here was her, as well as piano and vocals. And there was some really good guitar and piano. For the vocals, um, like I said, there were times that she went a little bit off the rails, but there were also times that she sounded great. She did excellent on Farther Along. Like, that song was much more stripped down, understandably. You know, it's a traditional gospel song. This version was true to that, and it really highlighted her vocals, and just, she did really good. Now, all of that said, there was not just, like, any standout song it was all fairly good. None of it really feels like it has staying power in my life. You know, some of that's just personal. It's just a preference. I do feel like she's a very talented musician, but it wasn't really my thing, and it wasn't really a standout album for me. So I struggled with my rating. I struggled to choose either three stars or three and a half. Um... Three and a half felt a little more generous than I thought was accurate, but three felt unfair. You know, a little on the low end, given the talent that I thought was displayed here, on the instruments especially. You know, it was just tough. If this was an off-the-record, 
you know, if we were doing those, if we still had time to do those, it would be a sit with the caveat that people should at least give Ellen McElwain a chance that, you know, either this album or another one, just at least give her a little bit of a shot. Temper your expectations accordingly, know what you're in for, but give her a chance. But this isn't off the record, so, you know, I'm going to give a star rating instead. If I was reviewing based on entirely my own listening preferences and enjoyment, I probably would go with the lower score because not really my kind of stuff. Some of the vocals were a challenge, but because I try to be as objective as a review can be, and as I said, she does have obvious talent. That can't be denied at all. So I went with the higher the score options. I gave We the People. I don't know if I even ever named the title of the album. It's We the People. Um, I gave We the People three and a half stars. With some reservations, but still. Three and a half for this one. Yeah, I can um, I can see that. Uh, from what I listened to, I don't want to say Janis Joplin, because it's not like that. But she's, tr- I think she's trying to sing like Janis yeah, Joplin definitely. at times. But she doesn't have... Sounds rude. She doesn't have the talent that Janis Joplin did. I'm not saying she's bad, but from what I can tell, she was trying to do a Janis Joplin style. So that that may be, from that alone, it may be why I checked the album out. I didn't get a chance to. Just that one, I think maybe the first track, maybe the first couple tracks, maybe. You know, it, it was just a busy week. Which may have been why the last album we're going to talk about was so hard for me to listen to. It's not bad. It's just, I don't know if maybe it's just, it was me. It's a me problem. Sometimes, like, I have problems with albums. I don't know what it is. Maybe because we listen to it so much. But the last album of the week is Joe Simon. The Power of Joe Simon. Power. <laughs> but um, this is his eighth studio album. I didn't know anything about Joe Simon. I think last week we... we speculated it could be folk possibly <laughs> something like that actually this is more what r&b soul from what i you know what i would if i had to put a label on it i mean it's pretty standard which may have been why i had such problems with it it's kind of just standard r&b 70s r&b nothing really stood out for me there were two singles Actually, one released really early. Drowning in the Sea of Love released November 25th of 1971. So it was out for a while before the the album came out. And then (laughs) Power of Love. It's not uh, Huey Lewis in the News. (laughs) Not that one and not Celine Dion. This released June 20th of 72. Yeah, no, no, neither one of those. Um, You know, I I guess it sounds bad. I I had trouble making it through this album it's not because it's bad it's just because the like i didn't have trouble making it through the album it's not a long album i had trouble being attentive it just kind of fade like the songs fade into one another um it's not bad his voice is actually pretty strong um from what i can tell there's the personnel is not listed on here this is mostly just joe simon he's the son of a baptist minister I can hear that. He has a really strong... I can hear his voice being in church in a choir. 
So, and you know, I can picture that in my mind when I'm here. His when he hits his uh, really strong notes and things. So, you know, he's a good singer. It's just I feel like it was a disservice more to him than it was anything. Maybe my listening state this week for him. I don't have really anything else to add. It's not a bad album, but I mean, I guess I can go ahead and give my stars. It's you know, no big secret. It's three and a half for me. So I'll just go ahead and say it. Three and a half. What did you think about it? Well, it looks like I was wrong. You know, last week when we were debating what this was going to be, I guessed folk rock. And you actually said R&B. So you were right. R&B. I bet you cheated, though. <laughs> Cheater. No, it is R&B. He has an interesting voice. You know, it's very unique. Kind of an Aaron Neville sort of voice a little bit, I thought. Which turns out Joe Simon is also from Louisiana. So, you know, maybe they're related. That's pure speculation. Don't go starting any rumors that Joe Simon and Aaron Neville are cousins. But they do sound a little bit alike. I didn't know that he was even from Louisiana until after the fact. I just, I picked up on the unique quality of his voice. I like R&B and Soul. This is another Gamble and Huff production, just like so much other stuff that we listen to. But I don't mean that as a bad thing. That's actually a pretty good indication that I'm going to like it. And I did. It didn't blow me away, as some albums have done, like you said. It was good, but it was pretty standard. I did already know the song Power of Love. I'm not as familiar with it as some of the other huge hits at the time, but I know it and I enjoy it. It's a fun song to listen to. I really don't have a lot else to say. You know, it was pretty standard for the style and the time period. The most unusual would be Help Me Make It Through the Night. You know, that's... Pretty well-known country song, not R&B whatsoever. It's written by Chris Christopherson. So, this was obviously not country. It was a very different rendition of the song. Not bad. It was a pretty well-done cover. It was just different. So, yeah. Not outstanding, but good. I'm giving it three and a half stars as well. You know, I didn't think it was just mediocre. I thought it was better than that, but it's not quite a four-star album. So we are in agreement on this one. Three and a half. Yeah, I thought the the production wasn't bad as well. It's just kind of in the background. It, it just kind of fades in like, like any other soul or R&B album from that time. There are definitely better, but, I mean, we've also heard worse as well. So it's kind of right in the middle. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Three and a half stars, and that doesn't mean it's bad, because three and a half stars isn't bad. But I did feel bad rating it three and a half for some reason. I think it's more, I felt guilty not being able to really, truly be attentive while I listened to it. So, and that, that may have been what it was. But it's it's a good album. I recommend, if, if, if you're into that type of music, then, you know, definitely check it out, because you're not going to be disappointed with it. His voice is great. The music's all good. It's just, you know, I've heard better. You know, so but, that was the last yeah. album of the week. I was just going to say, uh, but, so. you know, actually, just listen to anything mm-hmm. from this week. I'm pretty sure the lowest score we gave was like a three and a half this week. <laughs> so that's pretty good. 
Oh no, it was a great music week. You know, there were there wasn't anything weak per se. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like the Judy Collins, but that's just my personal preference. I mean, we listen to everything, so there are going to be some things we don't like, but I still try to be fair. But next week we're getting into February, and I think we're going to have another good week. I don't know about a couple of the artists, but the two big names that I know about coming up. Next week, we're, we're talking about albums that came out February the 5th through the 11th. And, well, <laughs> The Stooges, February 7th, Raw Power. I'm already vaguely familiar. I've never listened to the, the whole album through. But there are definitely two or three tracks from Raw Power that I'm familiar with. So, I'm looking forward to that. I really liked Funhouse from the Stooges, and it, it opened my eyes to Iggy Pop a little bit. I've always known about Iggy Pop, but I enjoyed it maybe a little more than you did. But I'm looking forward to Raw Power. We have uh, February the 10th, Dusty Springfield cameo. You know, I didn't know Dusty Springfield was still making music. I thought I thought she was like more of a 60s artist. Maybe I was just mistaken. But... Uh, you know, I love Dusty Springfield's voice, so I'm excited to hear that album. I think it's going to be good. I have a solo album coming up. We mentioned earlier, earlier, Atlanta Rhythm Section. Well, I have Atlanta Rhythm Section back against the wall, or back up against the wall. I'm not familiar with Atlanta Rhythm Section, so I'm excited to hear that. And I was sad to hear about the passing that we mentioned earlier. You have, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's Bert Yanch. It's J-A-N-S-C-H. Yanch. Yanch. So, Yanch. I don't know. I've never seen that before in my life. So I'm interested to see what that is. From the title, Moonshine, I think it's probably going to be some kind of folk country. But as we've seen with Joe Simon, you never can tell. So I'm interested in seeing what that is. We have John Martin, Solid Air. I'm familiar vaguely with John Martin, but I may, may even know the the song Solid Air, but I'm not I'm not sure. We listen to so much music, guys. And then finally, we're going to be talking about David Ruffin, uh, title anyway solo track, David Ruffin. So or self titled track, David Ruffin. I don't know that name sounds familiar as well, but I don't know. I'm thinking, yeah, is it R&B artist? That's what I was going to throw out as well. Yeah, so I think that's probably going to be a pretty good one. Maybe what he's a solo album. It's probably it may be just like we had with Joe Simon, but well, I guess we'll see. If anyone else is following along, that is the albums that we have coming up next week. So if you want to listen ahead, like I said last week, maybe you could give your reviews, give us a star rating, make it a little bit easier on us. <laughs> Do some of the heavy lifting, guys. My back's hurting. Nah. No, it's, it's going to be a good week. The last, this week was good. Next week's going to be good, I'm sure. And we have some great stuff coming up. And sooner rather than later, we're going to have Luke Loves <laughs> Listening. So that'll be pretty soon, too. But I don't have, really have much else to add this week. But um, I just hope everyone else has a nice, happy, safe, healthy week. And maybe it won't be so hectic. <laughs> and maybe I'll be able to dive into these records a little bit more this week. So, 
Do you have anything else to add, Amy, before no, we close? I think it's about time to head to my real job. We're actually recording this early in the morning, guys, so if we sound a little out of it, at least me, maybe I'm not fully awake yet. But no, nothing else to add. Time to go to work. <laughs> yep. So, everyone, be sure to listen along. If you haven't, uh, check us out. Follow us on Instagram. We, uh, I don't at all, but it gets updated magically sometimes. Except last week <laughs> because my phone was broken. And you know what? Can't use Instagram with no phone. But be sure to check us out on there and follow us. And you can uh, listen to the podcast. You're listening to it now, hopefully. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or I mean Apple Podcasts, um, what Podbean, pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast, you can find us. And if you have a preferred listening platform and we're not on there, let me know. I can get you an RSS feed or I can work on getting us, you know, ported over to there as well. But like I said, I've uh, rambled on long enough and you have to get to work and I have to go back to sleep, guys, because I have to work pretty soon, too. But like I always say, the music never stops and we're trying our best not to. So take care, guys.